Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm here to tell you about another podcast in the Chaos Family Podcast. This time we're doing Chaos and Inside. Chaos and Inside is a every other week discussion of current wrestling events. We cover mostly AEW and ROH, at least those are our deep dives. But if there's big news in the world of wrestling, whether it be WWE, AAA, New Japan, or Impact, we will cover it and we'll give you our opinion. We also do prediction shows for major pay-per-view events. So come and join us, and uh, we'll tell you all about the wonderful weird world of wrestling. See you soon, everybody. Yo. Hola. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Long time no talk because of your weird phone sure. stuff. Yeah. Oh. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Chaos Style Frontier. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there will stop spinning the turtle. That's Mr. Artivice. Oh, yeah, you get a And today, finally, after what seems like forever, because this should have happened a while ago, but it feels like it's been weeks, uh, we're watching Star Trek First Contact. So, woo. Woo. All right, so I'm all up. Are you ready to go? I am all set. All right, and we're going to play in three, two, one, play. Giggity. Oh. Ugh. No way, I'm not ready. Oh, no. Well, too bad. You got to catch up. Oh, shit. Okay. I don't think it... Mine didn't have a commercial, at least, because it's just the movie. No, mine didn't either. Yeah. I did... Dig up some interesting uh, dirt on this movie that I'm going to talk about at different times. But first, we got to get through all the first contact uh, credits and such. First, contact uh, Patrika Stewart. Uh, also, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing for Wednesday because we're supposed to do Chaos Inside. But I can't get the fucking TNT or TBS app to really work, so I'm dude. When you question, so when you were watch when you tried to watch, uh, when you tried to watch Dynamite, Uh by any chance it might have just been because it was like just came out when I tried to watch it. But by any chance, was it like freaking out for you where it kept? It was like showing like the pre-show. It, so what it would do is it would ju- it was just shitty playback. Like it would play for a little bit, then it would like freeze on one image for like two or three minutes, and like oh. sit there and wait. It was just really bad playback. So the TNT I- app won't even let me log in. So like I can't watch like Collision or Rampage. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there? So when I tried watching Dynamite, uh-huh. it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So, to, and maybe this is just how they were starting this episode, even though it makes no sense to me. 
Right. But at the start of like, at the start of it, it was actually like before the show started. Uh-huh. And it was when, uh, like, announcer would like talk to the crowd to like hype them up for the show. Oh, that and was, he was like, And he was like introducing like Shivani and like Taz and Excalibur. Right. It was really weird. And then it would like cut to the, um, then it would like cut to the beginning like intro and everything. And then it would start playing the first match. Like, right. uh, like Jungle Boy, it was, uh, like Jungle Boy was starting to come out. Right. But then it would just like stop and it would cut back to the before the show started, and cut back to like announcer talk, hyping up crowd and all that stuff again. It sounds like that going backwards, that was the app fucking up. But I think the, um, the fact that it started there was probably on, um, AEW and that they were showing that part when they weren't, they didn't mean to, yeah. basically. So, but so I guess. Long story short, for that is I haven't seen it yet either. So, I saw. I didn't get to see the first match tomorrow. I did get to see Blood and Guts, which was really good. But you piece of shit. Yeah, we'll do what we can to catch up, and we'll see what we have for you on Wednesday. We're finally credits, so woo. Yeah, I should be able to catch up on Dynamite, but I I don't know, man, if I'm going to be able to catch up on Collision. Yeah. I'll try, uh, but like, yeah, I didn't see last week because I was out of town, right. and then trying to go back didn't work. But what you what you thinking about the card? Think about the tenth Borg, you know, fucked with you. Uh, so like most of the cast, most of the cast, this mm-hmm. is their favorite Star Trek movie, and I kind of have to agree it's pretty much the best next generation star trek movie hmm. yeah i hate when i wake up from a dream and it's still a dream incoming transmission from starfleet command hello admiral who's not i think ever on the show Ooh, look at look at the shiny new Enterprise E. Alright. So yeah, the um this was completely designed for this movie. So they had a really big budget, so they're like, we don't have to and we destroyed uh the Enterprise D in the last movie, so we don't have to like stick to that. So that's why they ended up making this really shiny new ship that's much, much larger than the Enterprise D. But basically, yeah, the Borg have attacked the Federation and are going towards Earth, but the Enterprise have been told to go to the Romulan fucking border in case the Romulans try some shit because they don't trust Picard. Yeah. That's a that's a good place. I mean, there's a couple places where you can mention it, but um, Lavar Burton like had been lobbying for years to not use the visor because he felt it limited his acting. And mm-hmm. then this is the time they actually went with um, cybernetic eyes. 
So you'll get a good close up of what they look like, but that's why he doesn't have the visors because finally got his wish, basically. I never thought about the scene because you can't hear it because we don't have the sound on, but the music he's playing is like blast. Oh, you can hear it? Yeah, I'm on my computer, so I can. Okay. I've never thought about it before, but he must be blasting the music to try to get like the thoughts of the Borg out of his head. Yeah. Also, um, Jonathan Franks, who plays Riker, is the director of this movie. Uh, they picked him because out of all the cast, he was the one that like did the most uh, episodes of Star Trek, and they wanted someone that understood Star Trek to direct the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would you want him there? Well, who the fuck cares about Emerald Hayes? Yeah. It's really cool because I'll show you where when it gets there. But you can see like the work that they put into like the new bridge and all these different yeah. spots for the Enterprise. There's one set that is actually just a redress of Voyager's set. Like, I'll point it out to you when you see it and see if you can, like, pick it out. But, like, with all the money they put into it, they still took one set that was like, oh, yeah, we'll just use Voyager's set and just, like, change it around a little bit. Defiant. Oh yeah, they kind of ruined that little surprise. What? Um. Also, it's really hard to catch without being on the pause. It. If you look really closely, though, you can see the Millennium Falcon in the battle scene that's coming up. What? Yeah, because Industrial Light Magic was working on this. Um, at the same time, they were doing something Star Wars. So just as a joke, they threw the Millennium Falcon in this battle scene. But you have to be able to see it really quick. It's only there for a brief second. Wow. Data, if you're to hell with the orders. But yeah, this is this is another step towards you getting lightsabers in Star Trek, like I promised. Yeah, you did promise that. Yeah, so the Millennium Falcon, that's that's the first step. It's only been like, what, four or five years? We're getting there. I also love that, like, this shows you how badass the Borg are. It's literally one cube. I think it might have been in that scene, like one of the ones that are just flying off in the distance. It's really small. Yeah. That's why you have the button to do it. What the? What the? 
By the way, that's Adam Scott. I had no idea that was Adam Scott from Parks and Rec until years later. Wow. But he plays the helmsman. Um, yeah, so this was all set up because obviously Worf is on Deep Space Nine, so they needed an excuse to get him on the Enterprise for the movie. Mm. So they're like, okay, we'll just have the Defiant at the battle. But the, originally, the producers wanted the Defiant to be destroyed. Uh, and this really pissed off the people running Deep Space Nine. They're like, no, yeah. you can't destroy like, our hero ship off screen. Yeah. Uh, it was it, it was a whole thing. So just just as a heads up, the Defiant does not get destroyed, just badly damaged. I was going to say, like, yeah, kind of messed up. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. There's a lot of weird decisions that I don't understand that we'll talk about as we go through. Like one very specific character that's not on the movie at all, who, when I when I read about it, I was like, oh yeah, they would have been really good in this movie because of their character arc on the show. So yeah, Picard shows up and in like five seconds he knows right where to fire at the cube to destroy it. Also, the Admiral, uh, it was just to kind of throw in line, the Admiral that was leading this that didn't want Picard there was killed. No, so, okay. yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. no. This is the first time we get to see a cube or a spear. So there's... Or spears and their cubes. Yeah, Mr. Hawk, I'm sure you'll do great in this movie. Hey! Hey! Apparently he was like um, the actor would make fun of the other cast members on like DS9 because he got two trailers. He got a trailer for the movie and for the show. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, this would be... You have no idea what I've been dealing with on Deep Space Nine. I will kill you. Like there, there's this guy named Quark. Oh yeah, you know Quark. He's an asshole. Had to deal with him for like a year now. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of someone. Oh yeah, that's right, you. This um, I think this came out. I didn't say it earlier. I meant to. This came out November twenty second, nineteen ninety six. So given the date that we ended in June of ninety six on DS nine, means that's why there's a few episodes that are technically before this, but none of right. the story really affects it. So. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. So yeah, it's a very simple movie. Basically, the board um, went back in time, changed something in the past so that Earth was destroyed and they were all bored. But because the Enterprise is following them, they are protected from the change so they can go back and try and fix it. You got to say, for like a movie, there's not like a lot of like 
backstory that you need. That's part of the reason it's so good. It's like you're right into it. Ah, yes, just a few years away. Aurora Borealis. Nothing. Don't worry about it. I mean, I'd start worrying about it now. So, yeah, this is after World War Three. They'll go into the details of exactly yeah, yeah. what it is. That guy trying to bike away from explosions? I mean, he definitely was on a bicycle trying to get away from explosions, apparently. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably, still probably faster than running. Eh. I mean, if you have it there, I guess it's worth a try. So let's see. The year they go back is very specific. It's 2063. So that means 10 years after. So the Third World War is 2053. We're on, we're on yeah. track. We're on that, track. We're on track for that in 30 years. No, no problem. That might actually be a, a generous estimate at certain points. Okay, movie conflict over. Work oh. taken care of. Like 10 That's minutes in, we're all good. I knew it would be Montana. So yeah, April 5th, 2063 in Star Trek is universally the first contact day for um, humans and aliens. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they've been pretty consistent. I don't think that that's been like one thing that's always the same every time they talk about it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And even fans will, um, they fans celebrate that date as it comes up. Like, okay, only 50 more years. I think we're, yeah, we just hit the 40th, right? Because 23rd, or yeah. 2023. So, only 40 more years, everybody. We're just going to get through one little world war, and then we'll be good.
good call. You're a really good doctor. You didn't even have to look at him. Right. Ah, uh, there it is. So, like, I don't understand the uh, uh, the concept here. Because if the Borg already, like, went back in time and assimilated them at this point, uh -huh. what would first contact matter? So, what they were trying to do is stop that ship from flying because... What it, that has to happen is that ship has to fly at a certain time for it to be picked up by basically the Vulcans who then come and start the whole fucking thing. So if that ship never flies, that's what allows the Borg to take over. Um, but so, yeah, that's the thing that they still have to stop. And if you probably guessed, the Borg aren't really gone yet. I guess the other question is, if the Borg have already taken over Earth, how does they already had first contact? They Well, if the Borg take over, what they would do is assimilate the population and just basically build a base from here. And um, right. part of what... They're saying that's already happened, right? Not, not to them. It's happened in the future, but they still have a chance to change it because they were protected by the um, field that they were traveling through behind the well, board. So the time period they're in right now, it hasn't happened yet. Right, right. The board oh, still haven't completed their plan. They haven't completed it, but it has started, though. Yes. I yep. guess my confusion is that the the Borg have already started assimilating Earth. Right. At this point. So it means humans have already made contact with the Borg. Right. Well... That's not how – so the original plan, I think, of the Borg and what would have happened if the Enterprise hadn't been right behind them is they were just going to destroy the ship and then, like, call for reinforcements from this time period to assimilate Earth. Um, what were they but, talking about Econ? Like, they acted like they knew what was firing on them. Oh, that was because they thought it was the Russians. Like, they thought it was the people – They were. I think it's the Russians that they fought in the Third World War. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just, that's why she said after all these years, because it's been like 10 years since the war. Gotcha. Okay, I, that's where the confusion was. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they have no idea that it was aliens yet. It's like they're going to find okay. out, obviously. All right, that's a lot. That changes everything. That's yeah. why I was so confused. Yeah. I thought they knew it was the Borg already. No, it's it's pretty funny. Like, they do a bunch of jokes about that. Yeah, I know that time where I got to touch that uh, dildo. That was a great moment. That's I will say... Sam, I touched an alien today. As part of um, that trip I took last weekend, uh, mm -hmm. we went to like two different comedy museums. And in the course of both of them, I was in the same room of, I think I counted it, like 12 Emmys. That's like, 
it's just really weird. I was like, I never thought I would be close to one Emmy, let alone like 12 in the same day. Yeah. It was really cool. Didn't get to touch them though, because they're in these little boxes or whatever. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Cochrane is the, the guy that was drunk, obviously. He's the one that designed the warp core and is the one that actually makes first contact. So if he right. dies, then it all goes to hell. Mm. Yeah, another like throwaway line that they'll they'll make clear, but I'll just throw it out here. Their shields were down when they went through the, the thing, the tube. So mm. that's why this is able to happen. No, you're going to die. Yeah. In a very nice horror movie way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, not, it's going to be off screen. You're just going to hear him scream, but it's very, like, horror movie and it's, no. like, visuals of it. Oh. Well, it's just Borg stuff. I mean, Paul is our, like, you know, main character that we've been following this whole movie. Right. Oh, you're dead. So, a weird, like, thing that I don't understand why this was even a thought mm -hmm. was the, originally the script was Riker goes up to the Enterprise to fight the Borg. Picard stays on the planet to help with the ship. And, like, um, Patrick Stewart was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm clearly the one that needs to be up fighting the Borg on the Enterprise, and Riker should be on the planet with the ship. Like, I don't even understand how that was ever a thought. Oh, this looks familiar. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe a little, maybe like a little bit like Voyager. Uh-huh. Uh it's just so weird that they spent all... I mean, I guess it's only for this one scene that they show the sick bay, but still. Yeah. Once you know that that's Voyager, it's like, oh yeah, no, they just clearly filmed it. They didn't really do much. They just like made the lighting a bit different. Jesus Christ, 92% humidity? That's so fucking warm and hot. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. That's not quickly. I mean, that's pretty quick. There's a episode where of Next Generation where Data... Um, for various reasons, like cat takes over the enterprise and it's a really famous scene where he like makes this password and it's like this 80 part password. 
that is like in his, his that only he could ever do. And it's just really funny. Again, we get to see uh, how doctors in Starfleet are kind of anti artificial intelligence. She just said, oh, I swore hey. I would never use an image. I'm a doctor, not a doorstep. That's rude. <laughs> it is kind of interesting that they use Voyagers like it's like he was just there and they're like, hey, you want to be in the movie? I mean, since you're using my set, I guess. That's literally all he does, by the way. He doesn't come back. It's just he was a distraction yeah. for a few minutes. You idiot. Why would you? Never mind. It is what it she's... is. Well, for reasons of the plot later. But yeah, yes, I know. Like... But like, and no one thought to like keep her in the middle of everyone. Yeah, no, like, why would you let the person that's not from your time period just be behind everybody else? Right. <laughs> hey, do we have to be inside there? Uh, well, we're going to try not to be in that room when we open up the plasma coolant. Uh, like Patrick Stewart is so good in this movie and that's just the beginning of like his like vendetta with the Borg yeah because it's not like through the series they've shown that Borg can be saved they helped one rediscover its individuality but he's like nope just kill on sight Never meet your heroes. Right. I mean, man, it's got to be a genius.
think this is the first time we ever really see a character drunk. Yeah, Riker's favorite. Something called tequila. Sorry, everybody. Tequila doesn't make it to the 24th century. <laughs> Jonathan Frank seems like he had a lot of fun in this movie. Like, he is smiling an awful lot yeah. in just random scenes. <laughs> also wonderful use of music in this movie I think we've mentioned yeah because we've we watched the one Borg episode so mm -hmm. you you know the rules that they can walk through the board before without being a threat for a while so mm -hmm. actually it's pretty much the only episode you need to see to really get the full context of like Picard's full arc in this movie is the right. one where he gets captured yeah but yeah this is a good place to put it so apparently Whoopi Goldberg is not in this movie right. apparently she didn't know she wasn't going to be in this movie until she read about it in the newspaper. And considering her character's whole thing was she was the one that understood the Borg. She's like, I thought they couldn't do the movie without my character. I guess I was wrong. Yeah. Like, like it's a real dick move for her to find out in the fucking newspaper right? that she wasn't going to be in this movie. And she would have been so, you like, so not, I mean, I guess like you could pretty much kind of guess where the arc goes. It becomes a very Captain Ahab story, and they reference that very specifically later. Mm -hmm. So, like, to not have her character there to, like, sort of try and talk Picard down kind of sucks. They kind of give it to the, the Lily, the uh, girl from the 21st century that's roaming around. But it, it really should have been Guinan that was there, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Also, yeah, Data, since the last movie, has pretty much figured out his uh, his emotion chip. He can turn it on and off and doesn't really affect him anymore. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Doctor, I almost shot you. What about that one? Bella! Uh. I said I will, Doctor. God! Kind of busy. Yeah, we'll have to pick a point to do like a halfway because it's like about a two-hour movie. We can only do about an hour mm -hmm. recording. But since it's a movie, I guess we'll just wait till we're close to the hour and then, you know. 
Yeah, the actors were really happy with the fact that they had a bigger budget to make the Borg look better than they did in the TV show. And I think they, mm-hmm. yeah, they really succeeded. They do look a lot cooler. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention it, but it's just a weird little fact. So the Defiant, you remember um, when they first brought it in, they said that it was built specifically to fight the Borg. This movie is the only time it ever gets to fight the Borg. And it doesn't even, like, do well. Not really, no. Maybe if they had a whole fleet of Defiants, it would have been different. But... Right. Well, that'll do it. Nice hit, Worf. Yeah, and when he um, earlier when he said that we'll get twelve shots, he meant twelve shots for everybody. For everyone, yeah. Not twelve shots each, obviously. No. No. I don't even know if it counts out to exactly twelve, but they're already past six, so. Yep. Time to go melee. Yeah, and Morph does that really well in this movie. Yeah. job data oh god it's quivering i don't like it when they quiver well that didn't help well that was ensign steve he's kind of an idiot so yeah Yeah, i feel like in uh oh i feel like in terms of melee they really only have data and wharf to really yeah oh now they only have wharf now they only have wharf You really do get a sense, and they really build on it, especially in the first season of Picard, how important data is to Picard, basically. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, shoot him. Yep. Well, they helped you. Again, by the way, they helped him get away from the Borg. They've helped yep. another Borg. It's possible to help them. Um, I'm from the... Uh, uh, the Raiders. That's Fallout. Oh, you guys know it's still have Fallout? Oh, that's pretty impressive.
Roto Reggie. Good thing you turned that emotion chip off. Yeah. Hopefully nobody figures out how to turn it back on. Right. So originally the this character um it's called the Borg Queen was actually just going to be the Borg like central computer, mm-hmm. but they just had a trouble writing, like because they needed dialogue. They had trouble writing for that character just to be a computer, so they wrote this idea of a queen who is above all the Borg and communicates everything, but is basically an individual still. And to this day, like um, she was Justin Picard, like it's the same actress too that yeah. comes back and plays the Borg Queen, and she's in Voyager. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like all of this makes perfect sense. Yep. This is a, another important moment in uh, Star Trek history. And I'll explain when it actually happens. I love a good peep show. <laughs> I see how you're tricking me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, tell him. So one thing that Picard does that's really interesting is they actually show that the Vulcans do go to Earth before this time period. Uh, there's a character that's in the um, uh, that's in that show that because they go back to like our time period. That's like a federal agent who like helps them because he had an encounter with a Vulcan. And um, so yeah, it's interesting. I just find it interesting that there's they they know we're there. They just don't give a fuck about humans until the warp flight, basically.
Okay, right there. That is um, the first time, and I don't know if it's the only time still, but the first time anybody in Star Trek actually said the phrase Star Trek. Not a real, not a profound yippee about that, but okay. Better than nothing, I suppose. Yep. I actually, no, actually it could be because Vulcans live a long time. I don't know, but the Vulcan that is in Picard might actually be the same Vulcan that makes first contact in this movie. Because it's only, because well, like I said, it's only 40 years difference in the timeline because they go back to 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it could have been the same Vulcan because they live like, I think it's like 200 years or something. Huh. There are probably nerds that are better at Star Trek than I am that would know the answer if that's supposed to be the same one. See, right there. That's just like Vader's thing in Rogue One. Do, do I have to go back to my checkpoint? Yes. But I really don't want to go back to my checkpoint. <laughs> hey, Dorothy, you're not in Montana anymore. Okay, I already don't believe it because the Earth looks round there. Yeah, right? Jeez. Plus, I don't believe Australia is a real place. Weird that she doesn't ever say her last name. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to fire a phaser for the first time, might as well do it at maximum.
Can you tell me how to invent it? No. That, why? No. I mean, I, I respect your trying to get me to tell you that, but no. I also am mostly just a head. Yeah, right. Okay, now I have a body. Okay, now there's a body. Yeah, they don't really explain how it works in detail, but obviously because like she comes back in Voyager and she talks about in Voyager being assimilated. So I think it's sort of like um bees basically like that's where a lot of the stuff of the board come from where if they lose a queen a new one can be created from anybody basically that too That's fair. That's yeah. a fair thing to question. That's a very specific word you just chose. Right? Yeah, right? That's what I was thinking. You're not a very good poker player yet, Data. Right. At least not with your emotion chip on. Yeah, that was Anson Ricky's skin. I hope you enjoy it. Wow, okay. Yep. Oh, it goes there. It goes there very hard. But the board don't bang. Well, before this, they didn't, but now there's a board queen, so everything's on the table. Oh, actually, it just reminded me, because um, I think it's coming up, Neelix is also in this uh, movie, but he plays a different character. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll point him out, but um, yeah, he's in the movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 700 meters long, that seems pretty long.
We're gonna have to. This is a pretty slow point. We're gonna have to take a break anyway. Oh, I'm just trying to decide if I want to do it now. Okay, he's going back to sleep. Because I have to walk Scruffy. He's hanging out for the weekend. Uh, okay. but yeah, we can go to like close to the full hour, and then I'll we'll take a break, and then I'll walk Scruffy and come back and finish it. Right. Yeah. God, ever since I've seen this movie, I'm like, why the fuck is it so hard? Nope. I mean, yeah. Although if you do get assimilated, he will shoot you. So, <laughs> I do love that joke. Definitely not Swedish. I don't know who the hell knows what the Swedish are up to after World War Three. They could be doing all sorts of weird shit. All right, before it gets to the action scene, let's um, we can pause here. Pause. All right, so yeah, we'll be right back because it's an hour 50, so we got only just a little less than an hour, so we should be good to do the rest of the movie when we come back. Yep. All right, see you soon. Hey, everybody, this is Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm just here to tell you about another podcast in the Chaos Family Podcast. This time we're discussing We Are Chaos. We Are Chaos is our catch-all discussion podcast where we discuss things like The Simpsons, Regular Show, and Close Enough. But we've also done things like The Good Place, where we've watched episode by episode and then discussed the philosophical points that have been brought up in those episodes. We Are Chaos is actually the youngest podcast on this feed and will continue to grow, so please grow with us. That's We Are Chaos. Catch us on Thursdays. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Okay, we're back. Yep. All right, so I'm at 51.41. I am at 50, oh, 51.42. Uh, one second. There we go. All right, so we're at 51.42. We're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. a big goodbye. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I never sat and read the actual title of it. There's a uh, Neelix. No. Once you hear his voice, it's obvious, but if you're just looking at his face, it probably wouldn't be as easy. Yeah. That's a pretty cool effect. Honestly, I never thought about it before because they're on a, a Hollywood deck, so I'm like, of course they would do that, but it's a thing that they had to do. So this is a reference because, um, you know, Bashir's got his different programs. This is a reference to uh, Picard's famous program that's basically just like a noir detective. It's in a couple episodes of Next Generation. Um, I can't remember. It's Dick something. 
Kimbrough's last name is. They might say it here in a minute. Hey, look, it's Vinny the Nose. I wonder why he's called that. Dick Nixon, maybe? No. Maybe his last name is Dix, but I can't remember what his first name is supposed to be. But yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really affect too much of the episode. I'm just annoyed with myself. I can't remember what the character's supposed to be. Yeah. Hey, um, what happened to your nose? Syphilis. I mean, that, I guess that's manly of a sort. Now, Lily, make sure you stay behind me. I mean, this had to be a lot of fun for Patrick Stewart. How right. often do you shoot a goddamn Tommy gun? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally That's calm. It's really like I really love what they do in this movie because it is a completely different Picard than you will see pretty much everywhere else. Why do they put it so near the pancreas? I don't know. Sorry, Ensign Lynch. Sorry. RIP, I guess. I mean, even Ensign Barkley, who you'll get to know better through Voyager, but he was also on Next Generation. Even he gets to be in this movie for at least this one scene. But not Guinan. I bet I didn't see anything about this, but because they're about to show like a close up of his eyes, I bet he's wearing the sunglasses because like it would have been hard to wear the contacts when they have to do like the digital effects later. That has to be the reason. It feels like what I'm going to learn from this is that he didn't actually know anything. Oh, Zevran Cochran? Yeah. He, he is very smart, but um, he's not like the hero. He didn't do it for altruistic reasons, basically, is what you're going to find out. I always say that because you literally start finding out in like five seconds.
Yeah, Reg. Get the fuck out of here. We'll see you on Voyager in like a couple of years. You really should stop talking if you if you right? should be telling them this. And yet he keeps talking. He keeps making it worse. Twenty meters tall? Jesus Christ. That's a big ass statue. This that that right there is another joke, um like an inside joke for Star Trek, because through the original series and Next Generation, they never showed a toilet in Star Trek. Mm. The first one actually shows up in one of the uh, original series movies. I think it's like the last one or the second to last one. That's your civic. All right, we're just going to move on from the learning about thing. saying there that the Borg in the 21st century are still in the Delta Quadrant is a um, foreshadowing for Voyager that like they're going to have to deal with the Borg basically because they're in the Delta Quadrant. Is it an even more powerful Borg because they're like in their original area or whatever? Well, they're less advanced but they're more than advanced enough to get to Earth and help assimilate it basically. Gotcha. And they would become more advanced because the Borg, doesn't matter what century they're from, they would get the technology of their 24th century counterparts on the Enterprise. Mm. So they would become even more powerful than they are at this century in the Delta Quadrant. Found him. Could be another drunk. You are in Montana. Right. We play Nintendo Boys? I think they reused these. I know they reused these suits again in Voyager. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, these just become the spacesuits of Star Trek after this. Uh, that was a callback to before he killed Ensign Lynch. No, I remember. You remember? I mean. Yeah. 
Remember when he slaughtered that member of his crew? You member. Uh, it's easy once they turn the camera up, right side up. Right. Ah, uh, more skin. Yes, yes, he does. Mm -hmm. At least he's self aware that he does a lot, yes. <laughs> nice one, Data. I'm also playing a game of Bagman. <laughs> And actually, because the effect is mostly, once you get past that first scene, is mostly in, uh, how his makeup works, because they just start taking away the data makeup yeah. to let his real skin come through. They're trying to weaken you. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Also, you're free right now. Turn off the goddamn emotion chip and right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it probably was somewhere in there. Yeah, um, the way they get around the fact that uh, Brent Spiner keeps aging in Picard is they basically invented like a third like Dr. Soon's last um, robot where it's even more human-like than Data or his brothers. But that's how they get around it because it's actually designed to age. Mm. It just reminded me of the skin thing. So yeah, that is kind of the end point for Data's like line of androids if uh, they had continued. Oh my. Quick, turn your motion chip off. 
I mean, that's how most guys get through it. Um, the exact time that he gives right here is the uh, the last time that he was in a sexual thing on the show. He actually had a sexual encounter with a, a character, Tasha Yar. Oh. And that speech that he just gave about being fully functional is the exact speech that he gives her. Uh, it's like in the first season of Next Generation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, just another really big deep cut for Trek fans that have you know been watching for a long time. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot to grab another one. Not the particle emitter. What if we mean to emit particles? I don't know what you mean, Captain. Look, I have a great shot. Well, you just blew up half the ship, Hawk. By the way, I don't, want, I don't want to point this out again, but I feel really good about Ensign Hawk, who I've never met before, being on this very dangerous mission right? with two other main characters. Yeah, we're in Montana. The whole state's the bathroom. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry to anybody that listens from Montana, but in my defense, I didn't realize you could get podcasts in Montana. <laughs> yeah, Jordy. Who the fuck wants to know they're going to be a statue? Seriously. I mean, I guess most people, but I feel like the people that you want to make statues of are usually the ones that wouldn't want a statue. Right. Does that make sense? Don't mind us. We're just just happy little bees working on our own little project. You guys keep going. It's weird to crouch in space. At least there's, you know, you could hear them coming because there's sound in space, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like you guys should be looking up every once in a while at the board right. while you're doing what you're doing. There you go. I feel like in a funnier movie, he'd like hit a window and do the, you know, scraping across it.
They've adapted this kind of Worf's catchphrase in this movie. You don't think about this stuff, but to make that believable, like you have to create a whole effect for his gun to just float away in midair. Yeah. Oh no! By the way, you were really sure of that shot working. Right? Right? You were the one that just said you could blow past the ship by doing that. I feel like more species should try like training with swords. I mean, that looked very effective. I'm just going to say it. Like, compared to how you get like three shots with a phaser. Okay, Anson Hawk, what are you going to do? Right, right. Uh oh. What? Ensign Hawk is going to die? Not Ensign Hawk. Cool. We all love him so much. R.I.P. It's a hook. Oh man, that board almost got him. I I don't know enough about real space, but obviously like Star Trek has its own its own rules, but right. I feel like the way that physics work, if Picard hadn't been able to grab that, he would have just kept going. Oh yeah, he would have. Oh no, all the blinky lights are almost blinking. I'm not much of a scientist, but I'd say that's not a good thing. Oh no, Ensign Hawk's a traitor. Hey, look who's back. He got assimilated really quickly. Like he's, already, he's already ready to start fighting. 
Bye. Well, that's smart. I mean, nobody puts Worf in the corner. Also, does that say that, like, did Data take a long time to have sex, or did he, right. like, just oh, quickly? Yeah. It has been eight years. <laughs> also, I love Worf's uh, action phrase, assimilate this. I think Arnold could have pulled that off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, stun probably isn't pleasant. I don't think any of them are really understanding that, like, what's going on with him. No. I think this is basically the scene where you kind of get the full like depth of who he is. I hope if we ever do colonize the moon, we do make a Lake Armstrong. Actually, it seems like it's more of Lily's vision. You. Which now leads to the point, is that a bootstrap um, or Beethoven's paradox where basically, did he say that or did he say that because you just told him to say that? Yeah, and, exactly. And if he did say that because you told him to say that, who said it originally? Right. There's a whole Doctor Who episode about that um, where he starts off talking about Beethoven's fifth and it's, it's an amazing paradox. But yeah, no, like that's like I like that because it's a very real place to kind of be a connecting bridge from the world that we know 
to Star Trek, where it's just a guy who wants to make money who ends up doing something, but then isn't selfish with it once he realizes what it does. You know what I mean? Oh, but John Luke. That is true. That is very true that he would kill any other person yeah. that said yeah. that to him. Worse is like, fuck this. I'm going back to Deep Space Nine. Cisco respects me more than this. <laughs> Well, hello to you too, Lily. Uh-huh. Everybody shut the fuck up. This is a great speech. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, what were you talking about? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, you basically wanted to like grab their like their throats with your teeth in the holodeck. Edson Lynch, the guy in the holodeck. See, that's part of the problem. God, Patrick Stewart's so fucking good. Oh, I hope Spot's not too loud. He's just wandering around the island. I don't even hear him. Oh, you're about to because he came closer. Oh. And then I had made the mistake of saying his name.
And no, somehow he didn't win an Oscar for this speech. Huh. I mean, it's Star Trek. You can't take it seriously. Yeah. It's not like it's ever changed the face of like culture or anything. Nope. I wonder, because they had like a big sale a few years ago. I bet you some of those models had to have been sold at auction. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much they went for, because like the full ships went for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's an interesting parallel because I would say the best first generation Star Trek movie is Wrath of Khan. And Khan also quotes Moby Dick at least once. Um, so it's just interesting that both movies like have direct quotes from the book in them. And Queequeg. It also killed Queequeg. Why does nobody give a fuck about Queequeg? <laughs> Guess he didn't know when to quit. Uh, symbolism. He put down the gun. He's going to do something different. The in the background is like, oh, thank God. It was my turn to go to the fucking checkpoint. <laughs> minute. Yeah, I guess technically because Worf is not officially assigned to him, so she would be second in command. Even though I think Worf is technically higher in command. I don't know. The doctor's got that weird nebulous thing about where their command is when like the first officer and other people aren't around. <laughs> um, my bad. I still don't forgive you. 
going back to Deep Space Nine, thank you. I mean, it's a long trip. Plus, like, you'd have to wait for it to be built. Oh yeah, data. Why the fuck did it take me this long to remember data? I mean, if I was ever Cochrane, I would just feel much more like secure than I would have anyway, because like you had people that probably could have built this in like middle school for repairing their ship. <laughs> oh god I love this like I love whoever chose the music for this movie for like this time period Did you know they were building that? No, I had no idea. Spoil sport. So, um, in the show Star Trek Enterprise, which is, it takes place before Kirk's um, Enterprise, but after this, obviously, um, in the opening credits, they show a bunch of different ships through, like, throughout history, and they use that image to, like, sort of bridge to their Enterprise. Oh, that's cool. Um, roughly, it's about 100 years after this, because, like, they show that Cochran was still alive at the beginning, like, he's part of, like, the first episode but he's been dead for a while, but only like a decade or two by the time that show happens. Hold your fire. There's no life signs. It must just must have launched uh, accidentally. <laughs> Maybe they'll walk right up to engineering and find any trouble this time. I mean, I guess, like, they know he's coming, so. Yeah, 
Well, seems you've redecorated. Hmm. Were you just waiting behind there for me to show up? Like, seems odd that you were back there. I already had sex with Data. You're next, right? <laughs> I, I, for some reason, never mentioned it to Starfleet that I had sex with the Borg Queen. It's a like it is kind of a weird retcon because they had to do it, but yeah, it is like weird that he never mentioned it. Oh yeah, there was this Borg Queen. She's dead now, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's always weird when your ex starts dating one of your friends. Can you say three way? <laughs> no, clearly he was different. You gave him a name and everything. Yeah, right. You wanted a boyfriend of sorts. Mm -hmm. Very Luke Skywalker and the Emperor, but different. Slightly more sexual tension. Hey, they get fuck out. It's about to get freaky. Hmm? No, Dana, how could you? I really, I, I've said it a few times, I really love the makeup. Like, it looks so cool. Wow, fuck you, Data.
<laughs> I never got that before. That's what Picard says when yeah. he like tells him to do things. I ne never connected it till that moment. That's pretty fast. That might be the only time in Star Trek Jesus is ever brought up. I could be wrong about that, but I don't remember him ever being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really the only problem I have with this movie is that Cochran's idea is to make money. I'm like, but with the world's governments all destroyed, how would the warp capability make you money? Maybe selling it? Well, maybe, yeah. Selling it to somebody that wants to use it either to like explore space or like steal resources, you know. I guess that makes sense. Data, you son of a bitch. What? What? It was a double cross or a triple cross. I don't know. There was a lot of crosses involved. Whoa, that's crazy. Who'd have thought? Patrick Stewart looking jacked for a man in his 60s at this point, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, he looks in way better shape than I've ever been in my life. Again, I think some nerd out there knows exactly how far they go, but they do show you how like Middle Earth looks. Boom. Yeah, I'm melting, melting. Man, it's going to take weeks to clean up all those bodies. <laughs> At least all the nasty organic parts are gone.
Alas, poor Borg Queen. I mean, okay. Still, still think you're dealing with a little bit of revenge there, buddy, but I'll let you have it. I know that strange is pretty good. Oh, that's the emotion. That's the emotion. That that off. That off. <laughs> that's true. Well, it made Picard and Data Wiener cousins, which yeah. I think is very important for their relationship. Again. Again. I would have just kept saying again every time he finished his statement. Get it? Because we're in the past. And also, we might have seen some examples, but this is the clearest example you're going to see of a Vulcan ship. Oh my god. So he's not named in this, but that Vulcan right there is actually Spock's great grandfather. Oh. Yeah. Like I guess in some episode they mentioned that Sarek's father was the or grandfather was the one to do first contact, so that would make it Spock's right grandfather. I don't know why she's always she's surprised. She might, she might work. Man, and she never really even gets like they they never mention her again. Cochran constantly comes up who. It's kind of weird that they never say, oh, and Lily also was there, even though she kind of wasn't. Maybe because she saw the shit, she just sort of stepped back from history. All right, so in Enterprise, um, in the, they redo this scene for Enterprise for their Mirror episode, you know, the Mirror universe. But right here, instead of um, 
Cochran reaching out to shake uh, his hand, he actually reaches behind his back and pulls out a shotgun and shoots him. Hmm. And so that's like the difference between the mirror universe and the regular Star Trek universe. Also, that's a joke on how a lot of Trekkies and people that do like have done Star Trek over the years couldn't do the Vulcan hand sign. That makes, no, that makes no sense. Yeah, no, I've always been able to do it and I have problems with my motor control. Yeah, yeah. so easy. So I, easy. I can't do it with both hands, but I can do it with one easy enough. Yeah, no, it's a really cool scene because they recreate that first contact scene exactly for the TV show. He literally just pulls out a shotgun. I I would even think that they might have been... No, because it's 96, so it's like years after they did this movie that they make that show. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I also know where the New Frontier is going to go, so I'm not going to get to see any of that. You're like 40, You're like 40 years, 40 years bio. bio. Meh. Patrick Stewart is very distinguished. Thank you, Mr. Worf, for explaining why the Vulcans couldn't detect the giant other warp ship in orbit. I do love this scene because they're just yada, 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 and all the details of how they didn't get detected, how they're getting back home. God damn Montana. Yep. yep. All right. There, now you know how the Federation started. By a drunk. By a drunk. Pretty much. You did a good job later. Yeah, so um, that leads us to the fourth season. Like I said, it's like a few episodes into ep- uh, season four of Deep Space Nine where they actually start using the um, uniforms from this movie. So it's all consistent. Um, but yeah, what did you think of First Contact? Well, it was good. I liked it. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. It is a really good um, It's just a really good movie, I think, overall. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me uh, think. Good watch. Good watch. Yeah. So what will happen, because we'll probably stick with the Next Generation movies, but they don't really have anything else to do with, like, the series. Um, But it might be a while, because there's the next Star Trek Next Generation movie clearly talks about the end of Deep Space Nine. So I think it's, like, a few years before you actually get another movie. So what we'll probably do 
the next time we come to an end of the season is we'll go back to the original series and maybe like watch Wrath of Khan and do some of those movies until we get back in sync with the timeline, basically. Uh, yeah. So Wednesday should be Chaos Ringside. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. It'll depend on what both of us get to watch before Wednesday. Uh, but we'll do our best to get caught up on AEW. I, like, I don't know what it was, but the Battle of the Belts slash Collision that I missed was the most spoiled I've ever been by Facebook. It was like every single match was like, and this happened, and this happened. So I don't know. I, I'm going to try and go back and watch as much as I can, but we'll see what we actually get to talk about. But Blood and Guts was good. I hope you get to see it before that time, before we talk about it, because I think you're really going to enjoy it. And um, I don't. And you haven't seen the collision before that, but apparently FTR and uh, without telling you what happened, but FTR and uh, Bullet Club Gold got a five star rating. So it was a really good tag match, and the week before was really good too. So it kind of annoys me for you, especially because like I think these might be like his favorite matches, and these apps won't let us fucking watch them. All right, but yeah, so. Take care of all that. I don't, I don't really have anything else. So I guess we'll just say have a good week and uh, we'll see you soon, everybody. Do, sir. Do, sir. Do, sir. Do, sir. Do, sir.